0: I had this idea that uh, uh, to compare the uh, the Elon buyout of Twitter um, to a fifty one percent attack of like um, a blockchain, like uh, Bitcoin or something, like you know proof of work blockchain, like Bitcoin, and uh, you know a public company basically means that anyone can buy shares of that company, and a you know Bitcoin anyone can basically mine Bitcoin anyone can um, uh, go mine Bitcoin and ultimately write to the database to get the privilege, right? Get the, the, the win the lottery basically to write, to commit code, to write to the blockchain. And technically they call this thing like a 51% attack where you get, you can, you can have um, a lot of hash rate and uh, you could basically brute force these blocks. You could basically say I have the most hash rate and I could basically brute force these blocks, which, 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 you know, contain the transactions. And they're supposed to be, um, basically they're supposed to be sort of, um, aligning to the, to the, to the, to the rules of Bitcoin where you you don't double spend. Right. And ideally people are like watching this and, um, and everyone has the same goal where they're not going to double spend um and uh, and but, but but what but the thing about bitcoin is that it's more about the 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 longest chain with right, the the most proof of work is the sort of the default um the default winner uh, now you know if enough people i suppose um abandon this like they don't care and they're not going to buy um maybe the bitcoin that's mined from this this rogue actor that's producing this horrible long chain, you know, maybe the market will correct itself. But the idea is that you, you have to go with the longest chain, or at least that's what the rules sort of dictate, or that's the idea. But there's also this idea of an attack. And I think it's not really an attack because it sort of followed, like it follows the rules of the protocol, that, that, that uh, the way that we come to like consensus is that the longest chain with the most proof of work is supposed to be valid. Um, and I think it's interesting with a public company when they, when they, when they talk about, um, hostile takeovers, is it really hostile or, I mean, the, like Elon is buying Twitter and he's, um, you know, he gave them a premium. He's buying out the shareholders, These shareholders, uh, that own stock, own this, own this company. So it's privately, it's a privately held company still, right? It's, but it's, it's, it's open. When they say public, they mean, they really mean this is open to, um, anyone can basically be an owner. Anyone can go into the public market. this this market that's called a public market and buy shares of, of any company that's basically IPO sort of without restriction. Um, but it's still, it's it's hard to classify because it's still actually in private hands. Um, this this idea that it's like a public company for public good uh, is is nonsense. the The shareholders are the ones that own this company, and the the people that manage it, the board of directors have a fiduciary duty to the shareholders. And ultimately, if someone goes in there and buys up all of these shares, which are on the public market and anybody could actually do, um, there's no way of stopping someone like an Elon from purchasing Twitter. Uh, and is that hostile? I mean, the buyers have to agree to sell. Where, where who, who is being forced to sell their shares? I mean, I guess you could say if you're a small shareholder, the larger shareholders probably are going to be making the, the dominant um, decision. Because uh, they have to c- agree to some price, and I actually don't know how that actually works. I mean, how do you get every share, single shareholder, to agree? Well, there's different classes of shares, and there's different, you know, I guess rights, rights um, that these shareholders have. So some some shareholders right are, are have have a little bit different right than others. Uh, and again, I'm not an expert. I just know in general that that's that's true. But these shareholders aren't being forced to sell, in theory. I mean they're getting a premium and they agree, you know, the majority at least or the, 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 the higher class shareholder um, agreed to this buyout. So where, where is it hostile? Well, they, the hostile I think comes from the management. They don't, the people that run it currently don't really want the buyout to happen, Uh, but they can't prevent it um, in theory. I mean, in, in the broadest terms, they can't prevent it because ultimately the shareholders control the company. And um, this idea, it, it, it kind of aligns with governance. Like this idea right now is that these, these companies, these public companies um, should, should be concerned with other stakeholders that aren't the shareholders. Uh, and that is sort of crept into our society. You think of the ESG narrative, I think that's the G in ESG, but that's sort of untrue. That's, that's definitely untrue. If you think about the, 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 these companies, even though they're they're publicly traded, and I think it's a bad word. I think it's a bad word to say public because it, it it means different things to different people. But they're publicly traded, uh, which basically means to me anybody can buy it. And if you buy the company, if you buy if you if you buy it out, uh, you are going to get to change the rules of Twitter. You are going to basically take something that anyone could buy, right, uh, and lots of little owners to something that has. Uh, you know, basically Elon is the owner and whoever, you know, whoever else he decides, uh, you know, is going to be a part owner with him. And when you do that, when you kind of brute force your attack, and I don't like to call it an attack, but when you, when you do this, you, you can change the rules. And what is he going to do? He wants to open up um, Twitter to have more, um, more free speech, right? That's his, I guess that's his goal. Or maybe he has another goal. Uh, and, and and that's just a side goal, or that's just what he says out out loud. I have no idea, um, but it's interesting. And I think I like to think of these blockchains, like these these protocols, as little companies. And I know a lot of people don't like to do that. Um, for one, because I think that if they start thinking of, of them as companies, um, then their brain thinks, "Well, this could be a security. This could be, you know, we don't want to we don't want to think that just because um, that." that uh, you might have some, I don't know, cognitive dissonance or something. You might, you might just not even want to think about it. But, but I think I actually think that these are like a, just a different type of organization, but they're still organizations. There's still people coming together uh, for a common enterprise in a common trade with common goals um, uh, for profit. Um, risking some amount of capital or whatever for, for profit. Yeah, so I, I actually tend to think this could happen with the blockchain. So if you think about these blockchains like Bitcoin, I think of it as a public company. Anyone can come in there and mine, and anyone in theory can have an idea and change the code. Now, I know that they say they really don't like this being brought up, the uh, Bitcoiners, but, you know, it's just human code, and it can be changed. Uh, so if somebody brute forces um Hash power, what does that really mean? Did, so it means that you're sort of in control. You're maintaining the blockchain. You're the one that's, that's confirming transactions, spending energy to, to to power this thing into existence. Do right now, do, do current miners have a duty to everybody that owns Bitcoin? I would argue they don't. Now, why why is that different than a, um, a like a you know like a Twitter where there's there's shareholders that have um have you know. Uh, the, the management has a fiduciary duty to the shareholders. Well, because Bitcoin is not a claim on anything. Not explicitly. Now now a a court may decide later that, yes indeed, um we think that uh we think that there's an implicit um claim. We think that these miners um basically when they sell the mine Bitcoin because they have to in order to to reap their um their They're, you know, to basically pay their bills, right? They have to sell the Bitcoin into the market for dollars. Whenever they're doing this, they're making sort of like some implicit promises. Number one is that like they're going to keep the network going, they're going to keep mining, uh, you know, and number two, they'll be able to, you know, these people, you know, eventually will be able to trade out of this Bitcoin for a profit or, or, um, you know, make some kind of profit. Uh, It'll be around sort of, they won't just like cut and run, they won't do a rug pull. Now, it's an implicit promise because no one would buy Bitcoin if they thought it would just disappear. If they thought the miners would stop mining, uh, nobody would really buy it. But I know I realize that it's not really a promise It's there's no real, there's no one really making a promise. That's why I say Bitcoin is like a service, but it's a kind of a shitty service because no one's actually guaranteeing you that you're going to actually be able to transact at all. And that's one of the main issues with Bitcoin that I, that I, that I see. Um, And it's, you know, it's adoption, at least, at least uh, in theory by governments and, and the like um, but uh, we, i don't think we should we should think of it as a fifty one percent attack in Bitcoin. I think we should think of it as someone coming in there, maybe seeing some value, or maybe they're just trying to exploit it i don 't know, but they they basically want to control it because if you have the if you have a majority hash power, you can control it, just like with Elon. if he buys the majority of shares, you can control it now um it's interesting to compare the two because I think with Bitcoin, people think that they have, especially with the, all the talk, with Bitcoin, they think that they actually have um, a say. Like e- like every individual Bitcoiner, in theory, you know, they like to pretend and maybe they kind of do, but I kind of don't think so. I mean, they like to pretend that they have a say in the consensus and that their voice matters. Um, but they don't have any real claims. They don't have any direct legal claims to, to the miners, to tell them what to do, to tell them you are supposed to do this in our best interest. Um, And that's sort of why this, this 51% attack scenario is often talked about is because there are no rights given to the people that own Bitcoin and they can't press their rights. Um, Unlike, you know, shareholders of, of a publicly traded company like, like Twitter. So basically if you gain all this hash power, in Bitcoin, you can you can basically do whatever you want. Now I realize that, that people may leave and they may fork it, but um, you know that that's that's not a good thing to happen for them, regardless. Uh, but it's it's interesting to think like this decentralized blockchain is like a open public company anybody can join, and then you know we just like what Elon is doing taking a company that what that is public and anyone could own, now he's taking it private. So now he's moving from sort of decentralized, right, to more centralized and more control. He's going to have more control over this company and the direction that they go. And not everybody is allowed to become a shareholder uh, like they were before, you know. And uh, it's interesting. Like, so you could have a decentralized um, protocol like Bitcoin, where in theory, if someone 51% attacks, it basically gains a lot of hash power. They can, they can push changes that they want, in theory, you know, in theory. They can decide to ignore um, code updates that, that maybe Bitcoin um, developers want to push. And I, th- I really think that they, uh, the developers here are not really in control. It's the miners because they're the ones powering the network again. They're the ones uh, that are sort of in control, um, in my opinion. So uh, if, 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 if somebody gains all this hash power... Uh, wants to spend the resources on it, wants to sort of acquire this blockchain, wants to take it from decentralized back to centralized, wants to take it from public where anyone can, can mine and participate to private where just, you know, there's this one big player and then he just he he just has all this hash power, no one can compete. And so he basically sets the rules. He decides what's going to happen. And in that scenario, uh, it's naive to think that the code won't change or the code couldn't change. Or that they could inflate the 21 million, and I I, I keep reading and I keep hearing people saying that the 21 million is um is definite is is like this this thing that is never going to be changed. Uh, I, I don't understand how you can even make that claim um, because I think they think well you're going to have to get approval from all the people that own Bitcoin. No, you don't need their approval. No, it's not like a publicly traded company that's being. Uh, taken over like a Twitter, but where you basically have to like get the majority shareholders right to to approve that you're going to buy them out at a certain price. No, you don't have to get anyone's approval in Bitcoin. You don't even have to get the largest Bitcoin holders approval. Why? Because if they're not mining, they don't matter. Right. They don't matter. Like Satoshi, right. All his coins are somewhere in theory, you know, there. Right. And nobody, you know, people speculate that he's he's not alive anymore. Uh but you know, in theory the coins are still there. They still exist um in theory. <laughs> uh if anyone could ever brute force, you know, the 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 private key or or um maybe um they find the key later or he passed it on to his granddaughter 100 years later, I don't know what. But I'm just saying that they're still there. E- uh but even if he even if he was alive today and had the key, uh if he wasn't mining um, it, he, he couldn't have a say and you would think, well, he's the majority owner. He, no, he's not an owner because the people that own Bitcoin don't own, don't own the protocol. The protocol can't be owned. Number one, uh, you can't really own, you know, a number and it gives you no rights. Um, you don't, you're not earning any kind of cash flows from this network or, you know, the miners are the only ones that are earning profit from, from the activity, which they do. And they earn profit. they earn their cash flows through mining Bitcoin. You know every every uh, you know every block. You know or, well, they're not winning every block most likely, but you know that they, they have this this predictable rate at which they win blocks, and they spend you know resources. They invest their their capital on energy and miners, and then they they make a profit on the Bitcoin. Um, that's what they do. Uh, that's their business. Uh, this is a business to them. If you just own Bitcoin, that's not a business. You're not making any any money from that. And the people that that uh, are are treating this as a business, that are actually making a profit from Bitcoin, are the are the people, the miners, and the people that have the most say in how this network, you know, is going to be to be run. And 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 they have no they have no duty whatsoever to any of the Bitcoiners, absolutely no duty, absolutely no duty. And there's only there's only you know the centralization of miners. There's not that many miners because they're so big now. Uh, and I guess, you know what they say, they say the the term economies of scale, but I, I think this is fine. I think this is natural. And I think that, that if you, if you understand, um, the hostile takeover of, of companies and the buyout of companies and understand just this basic concept, just basic concept of anybody can, um, you know, the public stock market, anybody can really go buy a share of any company. And what does that give you? It gives you a right. It gives you a claim over this, this, this Investment um, business. This whole business is is investing, uh, or sorry, um, you know, taking raw input goods and, and labor and capital and making a profit. Hopefully, right? That's what you are buying into when you buy a share of stock. This gives you a claim on a business, on a profitable opportunity. But when you buy Bitcoin, you are not doing that, right? You are just buying this, this token, right? That these that someone else, right? So the the business. Is the miners the business? They're the ones that are spending resources, right? Uh, transforming um, raw, you know, electricity, combining that right with some capital, some hardware, some miners, uh, some computers that mine Bitcoin, and operating this business and and uh, providing the labor and, and the expense. And and what do they get? Well, they're 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 being profitable when they mine Bitcoin, and if there's a you know they look at the price of Bitcoin and the cost, and then they're profitable this is the business this is what if you invest it directly in the miners then you kind of have a say a little a little bit of say right because you're you're investing in this in this miner that can make a profit and i know i realize there's a bunch of them right and they're all you know vying for the you know competing basically to mine bitcoin Uh, but um what's cool about it is that if you're a bitcoin miner you don't need Anyone's approval. And the Bitcoiners actually say this. This is like a a marketing um, plus for them. They say anyone can join like anyone. It's public. It's decentralized. No one's going to stop you in theory, like unless like a government doesn't want you mining in their country. But there's other countries that will out. So you can basically go. Anyone can mine Bitcoin. There's no restriction, so it's like a publicly traded company where anyone can go buy the shares of stock. But unlike a pri- pri- uh, publicly traded company, there's no ownership in Bitcoin, in the Bitcoin system. Uh, you're beholden to to the Bitcoin miners, and I like to I like to kind of compare this to the GBTC trust. I think people didn't know what they were buying when they bought this thing, and I've been doing a little bit of research, and I'm not an expert at all, but. What you did is you handed over your Bitcoin to, to, to Barry Silbert in to manage this sort of trust, this fund, where you're just the beneficiary, but you're not the owner and you don't control it. And also it's a weird system and a weird setup. I don't I believe that Barry Silbert and GBTC have absolutely no fiduciary duty to you. Now I could be wrong, but it looks like they have no fiduciary duty uh to act in, 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 in the beneficiary's interest. Because why? Well what's a different you're not a shareholder uh you're this is a trust product you're a beneficiary there's a difference right so even though the SEC, well the s e c actually doesn't even regulate gbtc i'm i'm pretty sure now i i you know at least in the beginning they didn't even have to get approval from them uh this was just this private business right and it's a it's a weird type of business where there's there's um you basically handed over your bitcoin for this Share that's supposed to, in theory, uh, um, just give you exposure to the price of Bitcoin. Exposure doesn't mean ownership, and it doesn't mean um, control. Control of a trust, or, and control of, um, yeah. So, so So this is this is very similar to what's going on in, in Bitcoin. You're handing over basically money to the miners whenever they mine new Bitcoin. You're getting a little token. But you have no control over what happens in Bitcoin. You have no, absolutely no control if you're not like a big player, a miner, or at least a loud voice. Um, you know, like a Dorsey or something like that, uh, or maybe a, a, a famous um, developer, right? But but you have no, you have absolutely no control of what happens over this protocol, and you have no rights, and you have no claim. You have no claim. Again, unless a court decides, which is, it, I kind of, I would put the probability lo- relatively low, but but not impossible for a court to say this whole thing is like a giant partnership, general partnership. Um, and you do, and you know, they could, they could in theory enforce sort of um, a duty, a fiduciary duty, perhaps on these miners to the Bitcoin, the people that hold Bitcoin, because um, they, they are selling them something. And when you're selling someone something uh, you have a duty, at least not to defraud them. And, and if Bitcoin, you know, if the Bitcoin community in general, or, or if the Bitcoin miners themselves are saying, Hey, this is going to go on forever. You know, Bitcoin is here is the future. Uh, You know, it's going to go up and to the right. The prices can only go up. You know, they're, they're making statements. And if they're in the business of selling Bitcoin, you know, because they're Bitcoin miners, uh, they mine this thing and they sell it. If they're, if they're in that business and they're making sort of misstatements uh, and they, and they, 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 they maybe attack it themselves or they don't want to cooperate or perhaps they do something hostile to Bitcoin itself. Then perhaps uh, a court may say, one day that yeah well you are selling this thing called Bitcoin, uh you 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 maybe committed some fraud or you're not acting in the best interest you don't so you don't have to you can't when you sell someone a product you can't lie about the product, um and, and if you're, you know if you're selling Bitcoin you better not be lying about it and that that's a whole another can of worms that, that opens up uh my my interest in fraud, uh that I'll talk about um I'll talk about the nature of on, on another. Another episode. But um, again, I I think it's a cool, cool way to think about what's going on in in the news uh, with Elon Musk and his his kind of takeover and and comparing it to to blockchain, to the Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin, uh, other decentralized protocols. Uh, And there's all you know, there's a concept of decentralized versus centralized. There's a concept of we have these public uh, blockchains, permissionless, right? Anyone can can participate. Anyone could buy. What they mean is like anybody could buy the token and transact. In theory, in theory, but it's not really true because the the, the miners are in control and they could like decide to, and they they probably they might even they currently do this right. Their businesses they can't like confirm North Korea's Bitcoin transactions if they know about it, you know. Maybe so. Maybe maybe a smaller miner can get it in right it, eventually, but you know perhaps I don't know if they're doing this yet. But there's probably blacklists of, of certain addresses that they just can't. They they can confirm or to to put in the chain, and I don't know if they break that or not. But um, I'd be I'd be very uh, interested to know actually if they do, uh, or not, <laughs> and if they then uh, will have the government sort of walk, knocking on their door, because uh, a lot of these Bitcoin miners are publicly traded companies, and in the U.S. and and uh, you know growing uh, growing amount of hash right now is in the U.S., not China. And so they're beholden to if you're operating a business in the United States and, you know, the Bitcoiners like to say, well, we're not location dependent. Uh, Well, yeah, you are, because if you um, are attracted to a country because of the low cost of electricity, um, you are location dependent. You are then beholden. If you are operating in in a Texas miner, you're beholden to Texas rules and laws. You're beholden then to U.S. rules and laws. Uh, yes you can get up and move if you don't like these rules and laws but why were you attracted there in the first place so and it's also very capital intensive to move so i get that bitcoin could in theory operate anywhere with well, them bitcoin miners but they've chosen the us and and we're not a country that has like the the free we're not we're not the freest or we're not the we don't have lax i wouldn't say we have lax regulations here um necessarily um maybe kind of with big, when they may, maybe kind of with crypto right now but 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 you know, not, not the, definitely not the freest. Like there's other countries that are uh, uh, way more friendly to crypto, you know. But the US, for its its um, its status and its um, richness, is probably one of the freer uh, Western like countries that are that are open to Bitcoin.